Wait. Test, test, one, you two. You haven't test, already test, started test. recording? I have started recording. We are two minutes into a recording. Is it a good recording? I can't say that for sure. It, I'm uh, actually I can say for I can say for sure it's not. Future society will uh, <laughs> determine that it's a good recording or not. Is it, are there future societies listening time. to this? Are there current societies listening to this? I can't say. I know how many people have downloaded it. I can't say that anyone's listened to it. Cool. I mean, we do get the occasional complaints for things so we did just get a complaint that the episode was not put up on time so it's up now <laughs> all right yeah so right. you know you have fans when they're like hey you're bullshit Stop. Hey, yeah where's my episode <laughs> send me an episode give it to me now let's just not point out that that was your sister let's just point that out not point what that out. no what? i mean that was the case of course it was the case yes That's well, uh, and the only What's three important comments... is someone complain. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I did. I did toss around the idea of uh, posting a tweet saying, "Thank you for your. Thank you for reaching out. We have updated. We have posted our uh, episode just a little late." Welcome to Cardboard, the board game podcast. I'm Devon Body, and I'm Steve Davis. We are I didn't say my own name today. Yeah, and 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 you cut out a little bit in uh, on the call. So uh, this is great. This is our. No, that wasn't me cutting out. That was literally my voice just stopping halfway <laughs> through my name. <laughs> That's great because it did. I did hear some audio compression. So I'm like, you have a very skilled voice to be able to make it sound uh, like you're going through some compression issues. I like that a lot. Oh, uh, we actually have a very special episode this week. This is uh, we're dropping this. Actually, I'm not even sure at the time of recording when we're going to post put this up. But um, this midweek is, surprise drop. This is a yeah, maybe a midweek or just an oh. off week surprise. And yeah. this we'll is pull a Beyonce. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I totally get the reference. Uh, this is very special because we were actually contacted by Ramstar Games, uh, a new game company based here in Canada, which is exciting, uh, to talk about their new game, Hivernation. How do you spell which that? It's a mixture of Hive and Hibernation. So like a beehive and, hiber and hibernation? hibernation? Or is it like... Like a nation of hives. That's what I was thinking. Um, like hibernation. It's a play on the word hibernation. But well, the game in its flavor text suggests it's very much hibernation. Well, thank you for doing... Devon <laughs> is our resident researcher. Uh, this is all getting cut, so I sound smart. and uh, yeah, Perfect. All right. I mean... Uh, yeah, so um, yeah. Uh, we are really excited. We are going to uh, do our usual thing here, just talk a little bit about the game. We were able to play it online. 
it is not actually out yet. It is coming to Kickstarter in April. So um, check that out. And we'll have more details in the second half of our episode where we talk to Sean, uh, the creator of Ramstar Games and Hibernation or co-creator. Um, and uh, yeah. we are really excited to talk to him and uh, get a little bit more info about this game. Yeah, so Hibernation was made by Sean Capel, uh, Kit Davern, and Sabrina, uh, sorry for butchering your last name, Scalarini, and the illustrator is Sean Capel. Oh, he actually illustrated it too. Sean That's Capel. awesome. I did not even know yes. that. Now you have more questions to ask. Yeah, now i got to add more questions to our uh, interview list. Yeah, actually, yeah, so I believe Hi based... Um, I believe they are based uh, nearby, not too far from us, just a couple hours away, maybe. Cool. Less lag on the call. Yeah, less lag, because that's how it works. It's all distance-based. Thank goodness he's not from Australia. It would have taken... <laughs> that would have been a nightmare. Pretty sure that's how that works. Yeah, that is. That is. It's just... The lag is literally just <laughs> how long it takes the sound to go through the wires. Yeah. Less wires, faster time. Yeah, I mean, sound travels slower than light, right? So obviously when you're doing an audio call, it's going to take a long time. Yeah, until, uh, you know, in the future when they change that. And make yeah, when they make sound as fast as, fast as light. Yeah, exactly. All right, Devon, they what do you got for just us? Reverse the two. <laughs> yeah, or they just reverse so the high... two. <laughs> Man, that's going to mess up thunderstorms. <laughs> yeah, but, well, thunderstorms will be done a lot faster. But the light will be blinding for like 30 <laughs> The light seconds. just keeps going on after <laughs> the storm has already moved on. <laughs> all right. All right. Devon, what, what other info do you have for us? All right. So Hibernation is for players ages 10 and up. It's a two-player game. And each game lasts 10 to 30 minutes. I can attest to this. That is accurate. That's actually. I'm going to hand it to uh, uh, to Sean. That is one of those few um, estimated game times. It's fairly accurate. Yeah, for like the base game, this is like spot on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The game's probably not going under ten minutes, but it's definitely not going over thirty minutes. If everyone yeah, is really like hemming it. and hawing over the rooms. Yeah, the only the only uh, time it took us longer than thirty minutes was us trying to figure out tabletopia uh, controls without yeah. actually doing the tutorial properly. So that was on us, yep. not the game. So yeah, um, definitely uh, an accurate time, uh, an estimated time for once. So we we really appreciate that here at Cardboard. Yeah. So I guess let's get to that flavor text. Ooh, so the text. premise of the game is this. Winter is coming. It's time for the drones to get out. Their drunken, lazy feast has gotten out of hand. The workers are tired, fed up, and on the verge of strike. Queen Zizi needs to close the hive for winter, save what food is left, and make room for her next generation of children. It's time to clean house. And that's the that's flavor so test. That's actually some really <laughs> exciting flavor text. It's making me want to jump and yeah. play. Let's stop recording and play another game. I mean, it'll only take 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 to 30 minutes. Have <laughs> I mean, okay, we got to go really fast. Um, yeah. right, let's talk a little bit about some of the origins. Uh, it seems to be based on Go, a very old game. What was the other name for it? Uh, Othello. Othello, yeah. 
just like a I'm pretty kind of, sure it's the same game. Like a binary based game of like your white and black tiles and you're just trying to capture your enemy's tiles and uh convert them to your own and take over the board. Yeah. With, this with game has a twists. few specialty pieces. Yes. Uh well actually I mean really uh really quick what I like is like the, the classic game. If you're familiar with Othello or Go, it's a square grid and you're placing the tiles in the grid. Where what I like about this game is they went with hexagon tiles, right? What's and what's actually really funny is I didn't even realize the significance of using a hexagon tile in a game about bees, right? Yeah, honeycomb. Yeah, because <laughs> it's funny because uh, I mean, it's on the art. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's just hexagons are hexagons have become such a staple in in games now that I saw hexagon tiles and did not even think about the uh, you know honeycomb right. uh, connection to bees. So it was just like, oh yeah, they did um, hexagon right. tiles. Like I literally searched Tabletopia on on uh, Google, and sitting in front of me, there's like four different games with just like hexagon tiles. Uh, base. So I didn't even make that connection. Um, so a little bit slow there, but yeah, sorry, Devon, yeah. Uh, go on. So you're so far removed from bees and hexagons that hexagons are now just tiles. Hexagons only game. exist in board games for me at this point. It is just a, right. it's a, a Settlers of Catan's lasting uh, handprint on the board game industry is just there are hexagons everywhere that means nothing to yeah. me about bees. Standard thing. Yeah, it's just hexagons. Come on. Yeah, so like Steven said, it's very similar to Othello or Go, where you're flipping your opponent's pieces and trying to make sure that you have the most pieces at the end of the game. And whoever does is the winner. Yeah, and uh, yeah, very simple premise. But I mean, there's uh, uh, we've talked about this before. It, it seems sometimes even the, the, the more simple the premise, the more... A high strategy you can actually employ in the game. Yeah, especially if you already have experience that is uh, transferable to this game. Exactly, which I didn't have when we played, but you sure did. Uh, yep. Yeah. I you... uh, exploited that fact and was like, "Oh, I just know what to do in this situation." Yes. Like limited spaces. Yeah, you absolutely. Oh yeah, give did. me that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you absolutely destroyed me. Absolutely. We played, what, three, four games. Uh, yeah. The closest I came, it was 17 tiles to 15. And that's only because I played last and was able to take over, like, three or four of your tiles. Like, I, you demolished yeah. me in every single game. So uh, uh, I think I need to just, like, brush up and uh, practice uh, quite a bit. Yeah, which is great because, again, short game. Yes. Uh, so let's go into the setup. So the game is made with hexagon tiles. So the starting spot on the map is Queen ZZ. So you start the game working out from all of that. Each player gets 20 workers or drones, depending on which team they're working on, for a total of 40 tiles. And then there's 16 specialty tiles, which come into flowers, bears, pesticide, and beekeeper. So you can use your specialty tiles to move the board more in your favor. So a lot of them will change the loyalty of each of the right. the pieces. So you, they flip from drone to worker. 
Yeah, I mean, or the main... they'll remove pieces from the map entirely. Yeah, the main mechanic of this game is is flipping tiles, right? That's the that's your core mechanic. That's what you are trying to do. So, you know, we talk about this game being based on Go and Othello. Uh, it's not just a. This is not a carbon copy, right? Uh, this is this is its own game in its own right. The hexagon aspect makes it so that instead of a square grid where each tile can be connected to up to four tiles uh these are hexagons each tile can be connected to up to six tiles and then the addition of specialty tiles just adds an, a, a whole new aspect to the game a whole new level of strategy because you're randomizing which specialty tiles you're going to get so there's a lot of um a variance that can come in terms of each game it's not just the straightforward same game over and over you're going to have very different yeah. games, a very different game board at the end of each game. Uh, uh, basically, you're building a hive, and you can you, you can really see it in uh, on the table when you're done playing, or even as you're playing. I mean, we say based on Othello, but it's more in, it uses similar game mechanics, so just like inspired by the game mechanics. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not to take away, um, not to take away from the actual design of this game to say that it was. Uh, uh, just a a reprint a, a reskin of an existing game it is not that yeah. well maybe a core mechanic is based on that it is yeah, it's, it's like it's the a, same way that multiple games can have rolling dice as a mechanic <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's like the way many games um you place tiles down as you're building the map as you go like uh munchkin what's the munch well munchkin the board game you're, you're you're building that as you go there are many games where you're building the map as you go uh and that is a mechanic that is used in many games that's this is the same thing so while it's based on those two games it is not those games so let's be very clear let's not let's give credit where credit is due this is its own game in its own right yeah so i guess let's get into how a round of this game actually works since it is a new game and no one would have had experience with it. Yeah, we're not really. going to... Yeah, we won't talk too, too much <laughs> about it. Uh, uh, it's not super interesting to listen to people just talk about how a game is played. Uh, we do highly recommend going to tabletopia.com. It's like the word tabletop with IA added at the end. Uh, and then just look for hibernation, which is the word hibernation, but change the... The letter B for Bob to V for Victor. And play it with a friend online. It's free to try out on Hibernation. Sorry, Tabletopia.com. And uh, I yeah, highly recommend... Sign up just... for a free account. Yeah, <laughs> sign up for a free account. Jump in. Uh, I will give it to Tabletopia. Very simple interface. Easy to play. Easy to use. And I suggest trying it out because, uh, yes, it's a lot of fun. So in this game, how it works is you start off with Queen ZZ in the middle. And players will place their pieces so that they are connected to a continuous line to Queen ZZ. So you can't just put your pieces wherever you'd like on the board. And it goes back and forth between players. Yeah, it'd be actually uh, pretty wild if you were able to place like a uh, uh, a B hexagon tile just in the middle of nowhere and have it uh, like actually yeah. line up with the rest of the hexagon. That's also not how yeah. beehives work. They don't just like start a satellite hive. So <laughs> Which would be cool. Yeah, and then the cool. main. <laughs> imagine if the, the bee... main interaction. <laughs> imagine if the queen could oh, wait, like, we... uh, spawn a second queen and like have like a a satellite hive just like nearby. That I would, mean, that's, the that's literally how how bees spread. 
No, but that's uh, but queen, then I wouldn't and then call that, that queen leaves and builds a new hive. <laughs> no, I agree. That's just not a satellite <laughs> hive. That's a new hive. So <laughs> for the purposes of this game, let's stick to the one hive. Yeah, and then the main interaction that you'll have between the other player is pincering their pieces between your pieces, which allows you to flip their pieces to your pieces. Yeah, it's very, very simple in premise. I wasn't very good at it in actual uh, gameplay, but, you know, you have uh, one piece on the the board and in, in a straight line, uh, you know, two or three of your opponent's pieces, and then you place another one of your pieces at the end of that line, everything uninterrupted between those two, you captured. Uh, I mean, that's... Honestly, that is the core mechanic of the game. That is what you're trying to do, essentially. There's not much really we could uh, expand upon in that and remain interesting, I'll be honest. So uh, that's fairly straightforward. That's the game. Well, that's where the specialty tiles come in, which can act as blocking. They can flip tiles for you. They can just get rid of tiles on the board completely or cement them in place for the rest of the game. Exactly. I mean, and so on that subject, Devon, do you actually have a favorite tile? Specialty tile, I should say. Um, unless unless just worker or uh, drone uh, tiles are your favorite. There was like, okay, so there's a drone like tile yeah. where there's just like a drone bee eating like a tablecloth. <laughs> I didn't even which I found fun. That, okay. Got like a party hat on, it's eating a tablecloth great that is that is actually <laughs> that's actually really cool i like that uh so is that and your favorite whenever i got that one i think it's my favorite one whenever i got it and was ready to play i'm like yes i mean i'm I'm gonna keep this in why don't you choose a specialty right. tile and then we can each uh, <laughs> uh like at least cover a couple of the specialty tiles i'll go i think my favorite but... one might be hmm i think it might be the pesticides uh, and what the pesticide does is when you put that down, every tile that is touching the pesticide tile, not including the queen, gets throw, uh, gets uh, taken off the table. They are they have been, well, you know, pesticided. They've been killed. They're gone. And then anything, like we said, you can't have remote tiles. So anything that is no longer connected to the queen, those are gone too. So that is a very powerful tile that... Um, can cause a lot of chaos, especially later in the game when you've got a big uh, board going. You can cause a lot of chaos. Uh, so I kind of like the, yeah. the chaos aspect of that card, that tile. Right. You say earlier in the game, but using a pesticide on, like, turn three is incredibly effective. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, you, 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 did, uh, you did that to me. And uh, I think I lost, like, you know, thir- I think I lost, like, 20 to 6 or something like that. It was very yeah. bad. Very, very bad. Uh, do you? Uh, so do you have a favorite specialty tile? I'm going to say the flower card. That's a fun one. So there's four different varieties. How the flower card works is you play it on an empty connected spot or on top of a bee. Yes. And then all of the bees around it flip over to match your side. Yeah, it's really, uh, that one is actually a really powerful one as well. Like, all of a sudden, everything in an area. And if you get lucky, it, you could convert six opponent B tiles to your own. Yeah, and then the best part is that after that point, the flower also works as a block so that people have a little bit more trouble flipping them back. Yeah, and actually... Your opponent can't flip it back as easily. Yeah, and actually, 
very powerful because it acts as a block and then it's surrounded by your own. So each one of your own in that uh, in that circle there is basically the start of a pincer maneuver. So it's actually quite powerful. Yeah. If you can play it well. probably not going to get flipped. Uh, there are ways to work around it. You can yes. play a pesticide on a flower and get rid of it, or a pesticide on any specialty card. That's true. And yeah. they are randomly determined at the start of the match, so you might not have a specific one. Yeah. Devon, do you have any house rules you want to talk about? Do I mean, we only played this once, but any house rules you can come up with, maybe? House rules. This one's tricky because there's not that many moving parts. Yeah, it is a very, um, like we talked about, a, a simple mechanic. Not that simple is bad by any means. It is a simple mechanic, straightforward, so not too much. There was uh, one that I thought of. There are 17 or 20, actually, or more than 20 of these specialty tiles. Each player gets randomized three. Or, or I mean, there's different ways you could um, do different things, but maybe you just deal all those tiles out. Uh, and have just a super chaotic, super specialty tile game, which um, right. could be disastrous, could be hilarious. Who knows? I mean, at any point, the... you could just adjust the uh, the number of specialty tiles. The beekeeper becomes completely worthless at the start of the game, but then great later on. Could potentially be <laughs> yeah. super great. Choice of everything. Yeah, well, I mean, most of the specialty <laughs> tiles do go on the board and stay on the board. So yes, it wouldn't but... necessarily be... So, uh, but yes, sorry, go on. <laughs> the pesticides will dump a lot of those. I, I think, you're, I think <laughs> so... you are correct. I think you're correct. That's going to so, dump a lot. It's going to get pretty uh, full air. I mean, there's the other play modes you can play in. So there's the quick play where everyone starts with 10. There's the total domination yeah. where there's no specialty tokens at all um it's almost yeah it's like they they almost even built in some uh a homebrew mode so it's like there are a few options there's not just one board game which you typically have it's almost like three or four board games in one with each of those uh different play modes Ooh, if a non-specialty b gets completely surrounded you have to take it off the board oh i like that <laughs> Or maybe if it gets surrounded, <laughs> it returns to the original player's hand, or their their pile. Yeah, maybe that could be that could be disaster. But then that... that might change off the number of turns. <laughs> yeah, especially if they're already going last, then they might have two turns at the end. That's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, that's a discard it. Yeah, 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 discard, Just discard <laughs> it. Yeah, that could be fun. That could be fun. There's a there's a lot that could be done. We uh, we've only played it a, a handful of times. Uh, we are going to play it more for sure. So. Uh, we'll definitely have to see if we can come up with some some house rules. And uh, again, we suggest going to uh, Tabletopia right now to to try it out. Free. Us, for free. Yes, for free. Just create a free account. This is not an advertisement for Tabletopia whatsoever. Because that's also free. That is free. Yes, that's true. It is free. Uh, there is a premium uh, uh, side to it. You can choose to pay for it and have access to a lot more games, but Hibernation is free to play on Tabletopia. You just need to make an account. And yeah, let us know if you have any uh, house rules, if you go and play it, or if you are a more traditional uh, board game player, uh, wait for it to um, come out on Kickstarter and uh, try it out at home and let us know 
any of those. So that's coming up next month sometime. We'll uh, get more details when we talk to Ram- uh, Sean from Ramstar Games. Devon, what's uh, what do you got next for us? Uh, what is next? Okay, we went over our favorite cards. People now know how to play the game. Yeah, more or less. Uh, um, it's it's got a pretty. It's very easy to learn, and it's got some really nice uh, uh, rules. Very simple, so uh, it is not difficult at all to learn. So I guess we're into strategy. Strategy. I okay. So I will sit this out uh, as I have. Uh, I don't believe I am qualified to talk about the strategy of this game. So strategy. If you are playing this game, the person going first does have a little bit of an an advantage. Going first has an advantage? Just a little bit, because they can force the other player to make moves. True. Versus more reaction. Uh, But with the specialty tiles, that can be swapped. But you can play on one side of a B to sort of make the other pieces the other spaces less safe for someone to for your opponent to play and then force them to play on the other side which might not be as valuable so your strategy is play first yes that's the (laughs) first strategy so uh well then a question for you is there not an inherent advantage to going last being the last move the last move you make if you set it up properly you're capturing b tiles that uh cannot be recaptured is that um, not uh, an inherent advantage? Because I mean, we've uh, when we play, a lot of the capturing that happened is was fully reversible. Uh, we saw a lot of capturing that would go on that the next person could then just jump in and recapture based on like some of those blocked tiles, right? Um, right. W- would that not be well, an inherent advantage going if, last, getting that last turn? If the last move that your opponent makes matters, then you probably lost already. Hmm, interesting unless it's a close game i mean we didn't have any close games by any means uh you did thoroughly trounce me but uh and that is we did swap back and forth going first so um uh, i don't know if it's just i mean just much better going last does give you that that extra final move in a close game i suppose yeah where you do get to say flip a few pieces or maybe even a whole entire row yeah, it does seem, like you said, like the game is won or lost maybe in the first half of the game. Not necessarily, but or in the first like in the first three turns in some cases, yeah. uh, for example. So actually, that's a fair point. But I, I, would I think it was mostly because you didn't know how to deal with that. Yeah, I had. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you uh, what was it? You <laughs> you'd use a flower on me or use a pesticide? Um, very early on. Was one, yes, yeah, 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 true, true. There were multiple games where I got thoroughly destroyed. Um, yeah, starting off like turn three with no bees on the board, no tiles on the board on your side is a huge disadvantage. Like one safe spot. And like you said, uh, you have had some experience playing these games that I have not. I did not have a, a, a recovery strategy for that. So like you said, it, it does lend itself to, like you said, winning the game like essentially in the first half of the game. If you if it comes to the last turn and your opponent could do something to cause you to lose, then you haven't won the game yet. So, but I would imagine if play there are players on an even level for knowledge and strategy in this game, you could very well get to the end of the game being like neck and neck. Yes. So, I see very few scenarios in this game where it would 
and what well, it's like capable of ending in a tie, I think someone's always going to pull ahead. Yeah, I, could, I mean, I mean, the physical capability is there for sure to end in a tie. Yeah. Absolutely. But you're right. It, it does seem you can you pull ahead. It's harder to it's harder to catch up, um, yeah, especially when pieces can get removed from the board. But I mean, I'll, I'll say this: it almost makes uh, uh, being on it. It, it kind of makes being on the losing side that much more fun and intense because the level of strategy that you're trying to come up with is is higher than the person in the lead. They're just they just need to hold the lead, but you have to dig deeper and come up with much more strategy to be able to bring that back around. Which I know, which I'm yeah. sure it is absolutely possible, especially given the specialty tiles, which are awesome. Just, I haven't found it because, uh, uh, again, I, I'm not, I, this is, this is my dominion. This is my dominion. This is my white whale. Uh, if I, if I, I can, mean, if I can like win a game, years. if I can win a game, I will consider it a success. We'll see. We'll see if that ever happens. Right. Uh, I guess uh, we should jump into what ratings. Yeah, let's go into it. So, so um, what you, well, how would you rate this game? I, uh, I, like I said, I really enjoy this game. Um, uh, I like the originality of using something so common in games as the hexagon tiles that again, I didn't even realize <laughs> was a beehive. I just, I, I went yeah. in being like, Oh, hexagons. Yeah. Every, every other game has hexagons. And then I realized, Oh wait, it's, it's bees. It's a beehive. So I do like that. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, we haven't, we haven't talked to Sean yet, but uh, I don't know how they, you know, created this game, but it's interesting to know if they go in with hexagons as an established method of making a game, or did they get like the bees and said, wait, let's do hexagons <laughs> for a beehive. Right. I, 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 I couldn't say. So that's uh, actually an interesting uh, aspect. Yeah, and why not just like a big hexagonal board? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that was long winded and I didn't actually give a rating, but um, nope. I, I will say this is, hmm, I mean, I'm going to give this 20 worker bees. Not a lot of worker bees. <laughs> That's At not, all. For an, act, for an actual hive, that is, that is almost nothing. That, that you are correct. Real bad. That's a real, real bad. That, that's a. <laughs> there's some problems in the hive economy at this point. <laughs> you only got twenty worker bees, but that is that is okay. Look, listen. Okay, now you're making my rating sound really bad. Okay, it was supposed to be the fact that there are twenty worker bee tiles in this game, so uh, I'm giving it yeah. a, a score of no, 20, no, I got that twenty worker bees. Just, just I'm making sure that, the I'm listeners like, get that you're. You're trying to make me sound very bad, and I'm giving this game a poor rating. I no. actually do enjoy this game quite a bit. <laughs> I didn't think you were giving it a bad rating. Just when you said 20 bees, I'm like, oh, man, that's not a lot of bees. Okay, it? okay, okay, okay. Like, Let's, I'll give like it really, one. that's like that's like one, oh, no, bees are ruining my sody pop amount of bees. <laughs> <laughs> my sody pop. Okay, I will give it 1.6 million bees. Worker bees. Okay. I have right. I have zero context for how many bees there are in a single hive. <laughs> so I'm going to say all the bees in a big hive, 1.6 million bees. That seems really too big, but that's what I'm going with. 1.6 million bees is my rating. Right. I think a couple five or 600 eggs are laid a day by the queen bee or something. 
So, <laughs> I mean, to get to 1.6 million is a ton. So I think I've given this a very, very high rating inadvertently. Not to say it's undeserving, <laughs> but uh, okay. Maybe this is... It's just due to a lack of uh, e-knowledge. I think, this, I think what this is, is I don't know if you've ever seen that video of the old decrepit car out in the forest that the inside of the car was entirely a beehive. So I think that right. one could potentially have 1.6 million bees. So that's where my 1.6 million comes from is the car beehive. Got it. Yeah. All right, Devon, what do you rate this game, Hibernation? Hibernation, I rate it a queen bee in a bee party. Queen bee in a bee party. That would be a sight to see. Yeah, I mean, that it would be. The queen bee doesn't <laughs> often just fraternize with, like, uh, go to bee parties, seeing as she's, you know, constantly giving birth, but that would be pretty awesome. So that's a good rating. Got a job. You do your job, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And again, and uh, I mean, we stopped. Uh, we we stopped our like breakdown scores. But uh, I just want to talk about like uh, how easy this is to learn. Like this is an incredibly easy game to learn. Very simple, quick setup. Uh, well, it's actually one of those games you don't really set up. The setup actually happens as you play. Like you can learn this game in minutes. I mean, what the setup is. Make sure each player has the same amount of worker bees or drones, and then put the queen bee in the middle, and you're done. And then, <laughs> and then just like shuffle up the specialty tiles and deal out the the random three or however you want to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really your setup, and that's it. So, your setup is is uh, under a minute, and then first playthrough, uh, learning the game. Uh, honestly, you're talking what less than ten minutes. Honestly. Uh, you might you might dig into some of the uh, particular rules about individual specialty tiles, but again, this is a, a super quick game to learn. So if you are new to board games, uh, this we highly recommend as a, a great way to break in. Actually, I would say that is yeah. a good rating. I mean, the actual gameplay, learning that is like a minute and a half. And then the specialty tokens are yeah. like the most complicated part of this game. Yeah, really. I mean, in uh, what domin domination mode, I think it was like you're not using specialty t uh, tiles. So yeah. uh, learning the game is a quick, yeah, like you said, like minute and a half max. Like if if uh, if you're really having a hard time with it, I would say minute and a half. It's very very straightforward and simple to learn. So great to see. Uh, I think that's everything we have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. Thank you for listening. This is a, a special episode, not in our typical uh, run of episodes. Like Ramstar reached out to us to talk about their game, and we were really happy to do that. Know. We are going to be dropping this um, pretty quickly, so you should. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm talking I mean, like they're they're listening. They're, no, they're going to be listening to. I'm, I'm talking about the future. But we're in the past. If you're listening to this. This it's up. Be, if you're listening to this, shortly. this is coming to you now. <laughs> okay, Steve. It's coming to you very shortly. It's, Don't worry. Okay, you'll listen. Get it soon. Real talk. We recorded all our episodes <laughs> back in September of 2020. I haven't recorded an episode in like eight months. Give me or six months. Give me a break. Break is the last. Break is that. So, <laughs> but uh, that is all we have to talk about. But this is not the end of the episode. Like I said at the, st at the top, uh, this is a special episode. We are actually going to drop into a call with Sean from Ramstar Games. 
uh, one of the uh, members of Rampasar Games, one of the creators of um, Hibernation, uh, and just talk a bit about the game, uh, a bit about the upcoming Kickstarter campaign uh, for the game, and uh, whether or not he prefers team workers or team drones, which is what everyone is thinking about. Please. Also, uh, some other stuff. But also, some other stuff, but really, that's all filler <laughs> just to find out if he's on Team Workers or Team Drones. Please hit us up on our social at Cardboard Podcast on Twitter, at Cardboard Podcast on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Cardboard Podcast. Uh, and let us know actually, are you Team Workers or Team Drones? I don't think you really need to play a whole ton of the game to know whether you're Team Workers or Team Drones. But I would yeah. say jump into tabletopia and play and you will know for sure if yeah. you're team workers or team drones grab a friend on the internet play around yes you can learn this game in like three minutes yeah it's but super easy tabletopia might be a little longer but <laughs> tabletopia <laughs> took us a minute to learn figured out we don't actually need to like uh take turns we can just do that manually uh a whole bunch of stuff but um yes please go the check honor this game system out. goes a really far away <laughs> yes yes it's yes it does if i mean if you're playing with someone whom you can't trust to uh honor the rules then well frankly they're probably a good friend because a good friend is going to try to destroy you in a board game and if they have to cheat to do it then uh then i don't hold it against them I mean, otherwise you wouldn't know them well enough to know if you need to know them well enough to know. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going with that sentence. I, uh, I think that can go endlessly. All right, we've uh, we've uh, vamped long enough. We are going to drop you into our call with Sean from Rampstar Games. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, next week, uh, you'll be listening to our next episode, uh, Devon's favorite game, Dominion. So uh, tune in for that. That's exciting. Devon had nothing to say to that, so uh, here we go with the call. We are back with the second half of our episode, this very special episode, and we are here with Sean from Ramstar Games. Sean, how are you doing today? Very good. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Uh, uh, we are really excited uh, to talk to you today. Um, we don't want to keep you too, too long, so we're just going to jump right into our first question. Uh, could you tell us a bit about Ramstar Games? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ramstar Games is actually our our tabletop games team. Uh, we started as as a, a game group. My wife and our good friend Sabrina. Uh, we get together every Friday. We try to make it as often as possible. Of course, with the the COVID nineteen and the lockdowns and things like that, we have had to skip many months from of time course. to time. But yes. we try to make it as often as possible, and it has evolved into the Ramstar game. Only do we love to play games, but that we have some really interesting ideas that we want to bring to people. So it's um, about, I, I suppose it was the middle of 2019, the summer of 2019, we decided to create Ramstar Games and make it an actual business. That's, uh, that's so really awesome. So it's actually awesome. fairly new. We are. So yeah, we haven't been so around for, for very is long. Is Hibernation uh, your first game? It is. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. So... It has been it has been an interesting journey, and it's been a been a bit of a tough one without having live events to present our baby at. But we're um, we're doing our best with what we've got. Yeah, I can imagine that uh, uh, being a significant challenge. But I mean, you know, we have the quote unquote uh, new normal. Yeah, yeah. While it's challenging, um, definitely exciting to be starting your own company. Actually, you even covered our our, our second question, which was how. Uh, 
what made you interested in designing your own board game. Uh, it, uh, it almost seemed like it was just the logical next step from getting together and, and playing almost on a weekly basis. It, uh, it was. And adding to that, we're all, we're all creators as well. So I'm, I'm the artist of the game and came up with the original core concept. Sabrina is a, a maker. So she, she is also an artist and can basically do anything. So if you need a, a cosplay costume, she can make it. If awesome. you need 3D miniatures, you can do it. Uh, she can make jewelry or uh, anything you want. She's, she's got all that knowledge and all, the, all the, the tech to make it happen. And then my wife, Kitty, she's a, an author and a writer. So she's really good at doing all of the, um, all of the write-ups and things that we need for, for the game. She's also a really fantastic designer. Although she's never gone to design school, she really has an innate sense of how to lay things out from a designer's perspective. So the actual layout she did for our uh, instructions is fantastic. It looks, even though this is our first game and we're kind of new to this, it looks professional. It looks just like something you would buy in a store. And it looks, you know, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with what she did. So yeah, it was actually kind of just a natural evolution. Yeah, it actually, uh, uh, we actually yeah. really love the design of the of the rules. And we actually, in the first half of our, our episode, we actually did the, we actually read out that little um, piece uh, just kind of setting up the world of hibernation. And uh, I, I, we, we kind of just love that little piece about the setup of the game, essentially. It's actually really well done. Yeah, it's just workers Thank versus you. browns and getting ready for winter. <laughs> it's a nice it, concept. Yeah, it's it's based on actual bee behavior. So we're we're all kind of we're all bee fans, and given the nature of the game being hexagonal, it just kind of naturally lent itself to 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 being skinned up as a as a bee themed game. Yeah, it's based on on the fact that every fall, uh, beehives all around the world throw at all their drone bees because they basically don't do anything after the spring. They just sit around and eat. And in order for them to overwinter, they have to get rid of that extra weight because the rest of the hive is really the more important part and they have to, they have to come out strong in the spring. So they unfortunately, yeah, they get a free ride through the summer, but they face a very quick and untimely death in the, in the fall. <laughs> it's harsh. <laughs> but you get the party all summer, so it's not too bad. Well, that's it. Yeah, you get the free ride and then, you know, the, the, the quick booting from the hive <laughs> but we thought that would make a great premise and so yeah it's, it's basically it's workers versus drones in uh in the setup of the game awesome devon you want to do you have the questions up do you want to cover the next one yeah so i think we've gotten to what's in the box what's in the box, so also in the box yeah uh, the, the the game itself is a fairly simple game in in the parts that we have created for it so the initial core concept of the game was was just to have 40 tiles that would um, do battle with each other. So each player would have 20 of each, uh, each tile. And they are double-sided. So the premise of the game is that you sandwich your opponent's pieces between your own and you flip them over. Uh, and they become yours. And then they get their chance to attack you back. And the original game was exactly that. That was all it was, was I, I take your tiles, you take my tiles, and whoever has the most at the end, when they're all on the table, wins. Uh, very much like um, like Reversi or Othello. It's kind of got that base to it, but we went in a hexagonal pattern with it instead of uh, yes, squares. Yes. And then after we were developing it, we realized that it's only, that whole core concept was only offensive. You're only attacking constantly, and there's no defensive opportunities. 
So we started adding in some extra specialty tiles, and those slowly grew in number as we realized, you know, we needed something to block so that you could stop your opponents from being able to flip things. And we needed another way for you to be able to take your opponent's tiles away from them. And all of that grew into bear tiles, flower tiles, pesticide tiles, and beekeeper tiles in keeping with the theme of the game. And they all have similar mechanics, but different functions inside of the game. And so that ultimately grew uh, our, our game to 57 tiles in total. So there's 40 bee, double-sided bee tiles with bears, flowers, and, and others, uh, taking up 16 other tiles. And then there's the central tile, which is our queen, queen bee, queen ZZ. And she starts the game. You have to put her in the center of the table, and you build your hive around her as you're, as you're trying to attack your opponent. Then, on top of that, as we were developing the bear tile, which is your blocker tile, uh, we realized that in order to follow some of the rules, you needed to have some kind of marker because the bear tile stops tiles from being flipped. And yes. in order to sort of keep an eye on that, we, in, uh, we included 24 bear paw tokens that go in the game as well. And you place those on your B tiles that are surrounded by or that are connected to the bear tile and the visual reminder of the tiles that you can't touch. Yeah, and that yeah. is very much appreciated because in the yes. couple games that we played, it got a little hectic. And it's nice to just have that little marker to let you know, okay, this is a tile that I can't flip. Maybe I'll play on the other side. Yeah, I really Absolutely. like that you came to that conclusion. In early 2020, before everything got shut down by, by COVID-19, that we, we sort of learned that as we were playing with people, they were saying, I can't remember which tiles I can flip and which ones I can't. Right. Uh, and so, we, yeah, we, we needed it, and it, it has worked. Uh, I mean, I, I will say, too, uh, that, that playtesting really lended itself well because, like you said, you can't really tell this is your first game. This is a, a really uh, well-designed and thought-out game. Like It, it kind of covers every aspect. And um, <laughs> while we uh, skipped the tutorial on Tabletopia for how to use their service uh, and struggled on our first game, the actual physical game, uh, hibernation itself uh, was very easy to jump into and uh, uh, we didn't actually encounter any issues playing the game so um, yeah that's actually uh, really well thought out and uh, uh, worked very smoothly that's uh, great thank you for that I'm, I'm glad it worked well and um, i'm not actually super familiar with tabletopia and the online simulator programs they're they're, they're fairly new to us yes and i have a feeling that we probably wouldn't have gone online and uh, had it not been for the lockdown it really was kind of our right. only our only option at that point yeah so uh, i'm glad it worked because we're kind of new to that as well yeah yeah that was our that was our first uh our first time using an actual uh tabletop simulator not to uh <laughs> not to advertise the their tabletopia's opponents but um yeah that was our first time using it but uh the game itself uh was perfect jumping ahead so um you have uh, so your game is going to be launching on Kickstarter. Can uh, can you talk about what we can expect to see from your Kickstarter? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're we're still working on it. Okay. Uh, we actually we we tried to go to Kickstarter in November, and uh, there were some critical issues that we had with with pricing and shipping and things that we didn't have up to date yet. Right. Um, there's there really a lot to know, and I would I would caution anybody who wants to do this to really understand kickstarter and and the the amount of work that goes into making it successful it's a lot it's a lot of work so don't right. enter into it lightly 
but yeah, we're we're ultimately we're we're going to start looking at that again next week and making sure that we have all of our um, all of our ducks in a row, as it were. We have a much better handle on pricing. So at the moment, we're we're trying to set the price somewhere at around twenty five dollars American. Okay. Um, I think that will be a really nice place where we can offer the game um, for a reasonable price and for uh, low shipping as well, which is what we've really we only have online to sell this right now right. without live events. Shipping has been really critical for us in understanding it. So we actually went back to the design side of the box itself to shrink the game. So our original concept came with a whole bunch of punch boards for the tiles, which made the game box quite large and was going to leave a lot of air inside the box once you'd punched out the tiles. Right. And it also it also pushed us into a higher shipping tier. So what we did was we went back to the manufacturer and we're going to be working with Panda Games, which is a, they're a Canadian company, but they have manufacturing in China. Okay. And they do all the Stonemire, all the Stonemire games. So if you okay. like Stonemire games, you'll like the quality of what we're producing as well. Nice. Yeah, we, we asked them about other manufacturing processes and it turns out that they had a way of actually punching the tiles out ahead of time and stacking them in the game box oh, wow. rather than giving punch boards. Yeah. It helps to it helps to ask. It really does. Yeah, um, I mean that's even like like you even said, that's something you might not even think about going into trying to start your own board game and, and, and put it up on Kickstarter is even planning out the actual logistics of not just your shipping and things like that, but actually the design of the box and how things fit in the box. That is a, another level that you have to go through. Absolutely. So yeah, we we actually were able to shrink the box by over 75%. Wow. So now it's only a, a quarter of what it was, which is amazing. Yeah. And we've got it to a point where uh, we're chatting now with Quartermaster Logistics to do the shipping and we're within side of their their smallest box and their smallest weight so that we can offer the best shipping, which um, I think is really, I, you know, we don't want to stiff people on the shipping if we can help it. Yeah, and another great point of that is that it's easy to just add to anyone's board game shelf. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it, it, it won't take up a ton of space. I mean, it doesn't have necessarily a lot of shelf appeal for retail, but I think for, for anybody who is a, has a large collection already, you'll definitely be able to find a little hole for, uh, for hibernation in your, in your collection. Yeah, which is great because it takes like 10 to 30 minutes to play, which we actually really appreciate that the timing on your game box is yes. very accurate to how long a game takes. There yes. you go. Yeah, the, um, the one that takes the longest is actually, uh, I think, the total domination version of the game, which was the original concept which is basically to try to push your opponent out of the game. And once all the tiles are on the table and you only use the B tiles for this version of the game, you start moving them around. You start pulling them out of your hive and moving them to attack your opponent until only one of you is on the table anymore. And that one, depending on your skill level and, and your opponent's skill level, can take a little longer than 30 minutes. Hmm. You know, it just uh, depends on how evenly matched you are. That's yeah. That's actually very interesting. We didn't actually try that game mode, but um, we we do actually plan to, to jump back into uh, into the game as much as possible. And I think we're definitely going to try that. We might not make the thirty minutes because Devon's skill level seems to be significantly higher than my own. So maybe let's yeah. maybe this is a challenge for Devon to beat me as fast as possible. Right. Well, I've had a little bit of experience playing like Othello and Go and those sorts of games. So. If you have played those, the skill is very transferable, 
to hibernation, which I appreciated actually. There you go. Great. Yeah, it's um, it's actually one of my favorite uh, versions of the game as well because it is that sort of strategic. How do I pull things out of the hive in order to stop you, but take as many of your B tiles as I can get without giving you opportunities to come back at me. Yeah, and then in the base game, you do get those special yeah, tiles, which can really turn the tide, even if you are falling behind a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, yeah, they can they can flip uh, who's winning quite quickly. Yes, yes, I experienced that on uh, on on one side of that uh, equation there uh, many times. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, when can people expect to see Hibernation on Kickstarter? Well, we are launching on April thirteenth of uh, 2021 we're just about at the 30 day mark so we're going to be doing our, our sort of 30 day launch up or, or march march to the um to the launch day and we're really excited we're really happy like really interested in, in, in seeing like hitting the go button and seeing yeah how it goes you know uh seeing what the response is to to our game uh it's also it happens to be just happens to be my birthday at the same time <laughs> so Great. If, if you're awesome. looking to get me a birthday gift, buy a version or, or buy a copy of Hibernation and support us, so that we can uh, we can bring you more great games because we have a lot more things percolating. We're already working on our second game, so that's really that, that's that really it, awesome to hear. Uh, I mean, yeah, we we hope it you know grows into a fully fledged uh, publishing business. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, we cover board games uh, here on the podcast, and we we like to delve in a little bit to the um, the creators of the game. And I, you are the first Canadian creator that I am aware of that we've actually talked about. So it's great to see a homegrown game coming out. And I know both Devon and I are also uh, frequenters of Kickstarter specifically for board games. I think I have four or five uh different kickstarters that have been funded that i'm just like anxiously awaiting and uh i expect you to be the i expect hibernation to be number six on my list we uh we're definitely going to be um going on and supporting that because we are uh really excited to to play this game in person when we are uh next able to that's awesome that's great thank you very much oh thanks and uh are there plans for any expansions for this game I feel like there's room for some more specialty cards or maybe like a different type of bee or something. Yeah, there's actually, we had some, I've had some ideas of bringing in other aspects of nature into, um, into the game. So in nature, there are these gigantic, nasty hornets out there in the world. I know that the, uh, the idea of murder hornets was going around the internet there for a while. <laughs> and they are natural enemies of beehives, and they will go right in there and just start destroying. And uh, bees have a really interesting tactic that they use in that they will completely surround a hornet. And and hornets, by the way, I mean they're they're fifty times the size of a of a regular honeybee. They're really big. Uh, you certainly wouldn't want one stinging you. No, no. Um, but uh, they surround the hornet in huge numbers, and they start vibrating their wings and their bodies to the point where they overheat the hornet. They actually heat it up like a fever and it will die from uh, heat exhaustion, believe it or not. Wow. So I've been thinking about how to bring that concept into hibernation and perhaps bring sort of an expansion, a hornet's expansion into, into the game in some way or, uh, or another. I just haven't quite figured out the logistics of that one yet, That's, but there's uh... a possibility for sure. 
That's awesome. That's exciting to hear. We love we love our expansions. Great, nice. Well, uh, you know, I, I, we're always open to uh, to suggestions as well as people play it and people get to know it a little better. I'm I'm hoping that you know people do have ideas. They're happy to to spread them to us, and if people are interested in, awesome, awesome. For the Hornet, maybe a restricted placement where a bee attached to the Hornet can't be connected to until the hornet is completely surrounded right and done away with yeah interesting yeah. so you have to completely surround the hornet with any kind of bee and then it would get removed from the board at that point hmm. no that's an interesting idea we'll have to work on that um, I, I did have the idea of some other specialty tiles like that the super flower tile um for those thing at home uh, a, a flower tile when you use it in the game it flips your opponent's bee tiles in a ring anything that touches the flower tile which is not your own bee becomes your bee uh, and i thought about something like the super flower which would go right on top of an existing flower tile and it will, would have like two rings it would it would not just flip the six that touch it but the next ring out as well oh, would wow. be a, that <laughs> kind is... of idea but it it seems that a little is... too powerful <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a last turn sort of thing that might be a little too powerful <laughs> a little too much yeah as a last as a finishing move so <laughs> we sort of we held off on that one until we <laughs> we figured out one. we do want the game to be balanced you know so that's that people have yeah equal enough. opportunity to win yeah yeah the oh. The specialty tiles are also randomized, so that might also play into the balance of that. It could. Yeah, we've, um, we've made provisions in the rules for uh, the, the original setup, of course, is to, to randomize and only pull three specialty tiles at the beginning of the game each. But uh, for anybody who likes really hardcore strategy and wants to be on the same footing, we've got provisions in the rules to pull out uh, two flower tiles and a bear tile each. And that way you start with uh, even-handed, mm -hmm. essentially. And nice. uh, go from there. Yeah, and we are uh, we're big fans of of house rules as well. Like uh, we we love to experiment games, change it up. And uh, I think one that we were we we thought we talked about, but never didn't actually do is is dealing out all the specialty tiles, which could be a very chaotic game. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So um, not not to say we're we're trying to break your game here, but uh, that's one of our favorite things to do is just like tease the game a little bit and 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 add our own homebrew spin spin on it. So uh, yeah, it's something we'll definitely be playing with it. Uh, we'll be jumping into this game quite a bit. We're really excited to to play it in person. That's great. Excellent. Yeah. If you again, if you have some house rules, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's awesome. Uh, that's a good one. I'm going to write that down and, and, and learn some things. Because, you know, the more we play it and the more people get to enjoy it, the more we're going to hear about what works and, and possibly what doesn't. I, I think we've got a pretty solid solid game figured absolutely. out. Um, again, it doesn't have a lot of moving parts, which makes it fairly easy to uh, to streamline, which is one of the things that we like about it. it just you, know, you can bring it to the table, set it up in 30 seconds, and, and get playing. And it doesn't have so many rules that you're going back to the rule book again and again and again to understand what you're doing. So, yeah, we're, we're more than happy to hear sort of the house rules and the new ideas. And if anybody comes up with anything interesting that we can we can add or incorporate, we're more than happy to hear. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. I, lo I love uh, I love your openness to that. 
Do you have any advice for anyone who is interested in making their own board game? Uh, you did talk a little bit about the difficulties and challenges on Kickstarter, but maybe uh, expanding uh, into the actual design of uh, the design process of a game. Is there anything you would tell someone or advise someone or when they're designing their own game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we've gone through designing Hibernation, we sort of realized that we have we put the cart before the horse a little bit. The original concept for the game came to me one day while I was working as a, a stainless I used to be a stainless steel fabricator, and I had a lot of free time. I would get a project in my work bay and just work on it on my own. So I had a lot of time for my brain to just sit and spin on ideas, and that's mm -hmm. when the original core concept for Hibernation showed up. And it went from core concept to more development of mechanics and more development of how it was going to look. But one of the things we never really did was sit down and talk about the story and talk about the mythology and what we are trying to set up in the universe of the game itself. And I think that is a really good place to start because going backwards from there has made changes to the game tough for us when it comes to keeping people updated and social media outreach and videos that we've produced. So I would suggest to anybody who wants to come up with a game is to come up with your story first. Think about, it, it's, it's one thing, yes, you have to have kind of a concept of what the, what the game is going to be and how it's going to play. But before you go too far in developing it, think about the theme and think about the story that you're trying to produce so that all of the pieces as you move forward fall into line with the universe that you're creating. And then you don't have to go backwards if you decide to change the universe that you've created or to put one on what you've created. Um, we found that we had to do quite a bit of redesigning and quite a bit of uh, rethinking of our outreach and what we were presenting to people because we hadn't done that step first. So that would be, that would be my advice. Uh, we found since then, everything falls into line quite well. Uh, and then the, the mechanics of the game fall underneath the the auspices of the of the universe you've created and then the artwork will follow and so on and so forth and everything sort of falls into place so with the the game that we're developing now in the background after hibernation that's exactly where we are right now what is the what is the concept of of the universe of this game that we're creating and how are the the parts and the components and the mechanics going to reflect that universe and that story that we're creating that, that would that... be my advice that is a that is an awesome piece of advice. That's um, not 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 even close to anything I would have expected. And it's that is actually I think such a brilliant piece of advice is 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 build your world first before you build a game. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds really good because then you could have like your artists working on something, your designers working on something, and like everyone doing something instead of doing one thing at a time. If you already have the story in place, then it is a little bit easier to just delegate tasks to people. Absolutely. Yeah, and I would, I would suggest to, to um, going forward as we're designing this next game is that uh, the artwork itself is one of those things that might be best left to last. We sort of started there because I am an artist and I'm, I'm always drawing and painting and things of this nature. We sort of jumped straight into that. And it's almost better to have the game designed first in a mechanical, and it, it, it sounds a little flat and a little colorless to to think about it that way, but it's almost better to have the game function properly and then 
put the the skin of your universe on top of it as a as the the final thing as is the final product so you're not redoing anything we did have to redo some of the artwork for hibernation um in a couple of ways just as as the game itself changed uh and i would recommend trying to do all of this stuff once try not <laughs> to as the game develops you're going to make changes but once you actually have the solid mechanics down call it even move on to the next step, which might be, you know, designing the cards, designing, you know, what's the layout going to look like? How many pieces do we need? So on and so forth. Get that organized and then then skin it. Then think about the artwork. Uh, it's almost it's almost like a last. I think we're going to we're going to do it last for the next one. That's I mean, that's I think that just comes down to uh, uh, have patience because, I mean, you come up with an idea for a, a, a board game and, you know, I, I can only imagine you want to see it there on the table. You want to have it like in front of you. So it makes sense to me wanting to jump in and, and create that artwork immediately because you want to see it. That I think it, uh, makes a lot of sense is have patience, create the game, get that going first before you start uh, uh, trying to visualize it and, and actually draw it out. That makes a lot of sense. Um, it's just, it's, all, it's all about time management, you know, and, and do your best not to do things twice if you can really help it. Uh, we've noticed on this project of how many times we've had to redo things and it is, it gets very time consuming and then it also gets a little bit demoralizing when you look at it and you realize you have to do it again and you're like Ugh, i've already done this three times i got to do it again so <laughs> yeah if i can help you advice to skip that yes uh, nothing yeah nothing's more frustrating <laughs> when i'm playing a video game and i just keep dying and then i never want to go back and and play that level that mission over and over and over and then i stop playing so yeah i can absolutely uh, empathize with that frustration for sure absolutely Devon, uh, the last, oh, we have one last question. Uh, Devon, this one's yours, so I think you should yeah. take uh, it away. So, last question is team workers or team drones? Oh, <laughs> truthfully, I'm probably on the workers' side. Uh, it's just my mentality. I, I don't really stop. I don't stop working. I'm, I'm always on the creative journey and it just, I never turn off. Even when I'm like, I have wild, crazy dreams. My brain just never stops giving me things. So I'm definitely on the worker's side. Gotta, you gotta keep moving. You gotta keep going towards that, that end goal, whatever it happens to be. Nice, nice, great answer. <laughs> uh, Sean, thank you so much for meeting with, us today, meeting with us today, talking to us about your game. Uh, Hibernation is gonna be on Kickstarter on April 13th. 2021 please check it out on kickstarter uh check out cardboardpodcast.games as soon as i see hibernation up on kickstarter i will be putting a link there uh check our social media we're going to link to it there sean again thank you so much for talking to us today uh, it's been my pleasure gentlemen. thank you very much for having me on the show thank you again one last thing sean, where we where can we find you Oh, awesome. Yes, oh, Devon, Matt. thank you. <laughs> uh, you can always uh, you can find us at our main website, which is ramstargames.com. And, of course, we're on all the regular social media channels under the same same name, Ramstar Games. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. And we do have a small YouTube channel, which does show some of the, the artwork in progress and a few things like that. Uh, it's not particularly robust, but uh, you can always find some some interesting things there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. So, uh, again, thank you. Thank you, Sean, for uh, uh, talking with us, with us today and good luck in your Kickstarter campaign. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, we'll chat again. I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Fantastic. Awesome. Uh, see you in the next game. Yes, yeah, see you in the next game.
the irish goodbye i'm just gone yeah 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 just he's out he's out gone forever